0: You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. If you're looking for some encouragement, words of hope, and maybe a laugh or two, that's exactly what Richard wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always pick it back up at our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, you can find all of Richard's talks right there waiting just for you, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk,
1: here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is By Heart. By Heart simply means to commit something to memory verbatim. One of the earliest poems I learned verbatim was roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet and so are you, but the roses have wilted. The violets are dead, the sugar bowl's empty, and so is your head. Now, I don't know if that's the original version of that, but that's the one uh, that I learned. One of my dad's favorite poems, and this is a little more serious, was uh, by Elizabeth Barrett Browning, who lived between 1806 and 1861, How Do I Love Thee, Sonnet 43, and this is what it says. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight for the ends of being and ideal grace. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee freely as men strive for right. I love thee purely as they turn from praise. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with a love I seem to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. And you say, well, by heart, that sounds all very romantic, but if you learn something by heart, isn't that something that you're learning that you're storing in your head? So let me read you something from uh, Idioms Online, this site. And it says, why do we say heart instead of brain or mind? By heart or instead of by brain or by mind, i learned something. Because at one time, humans believed that thoughts were housed in the heart. In fact, they believed that the heart was the center of thoughts, emotions, and even the human soul. The brain was not understood to have any function whatsoever. We can see this in the way Egyptians treated mummification, The heart was carefully preserved because the deceased would need it in the afterlife. The brain was removed and discarded. Thought it was just worthless, that it was all coming out of the heart. So what would it mean to truly know someone by heart? And you say, well, you could just memorize on the mental side of learning something by heart. You just say, well, I could just memorize a bunch of information about them and regurgitate that. And that would prove that I know things about them. And I try not to be too critical of this looking back on my life, but it seemed for a long time as a kid and after that that I was surrounded by a lot of people who knew a lot of stuff about God. They could quote the scriptures. They could tell you the books of the Bible in order. They could do certain things just off the top of their head by heart. But I kept looking at them going, okay, but where is the relationship? Where is the by heartedness, the real heartedness? Of that relationship. And I didn't see that a lot. And if you look in the scriptures, you see religious people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, these people that were running the show, so to speak, when Jesus showed up. And you think, well, certainly they're going to recognize him and run and hug him and love on him and say, we're so glad to see you. They completely missed him. Maybe Nicodemus, a few of them didn't miss him completely, but they were cerebral in their approach to God and keeping the rules and abiding by all the laws. Not much literal by heart. God knows us, and now, years later, I understand that God knows me by heart. Now you say, well, what does that mean? He knows everything there is to know about me. If you read the Psalms 139, He knows when you go out, you come in. He knows everything about you. He knew about me before I was born. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, when He died for my sins... He died 2,000 years ago for sins that I have not even committed yet. That's how comprehensive his love and commitment is to me. So you say, well, you haven't even done that yet, but he knew it was coming, and all that was on him. I chose my wife by heart. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? I can take you back to the spot on Baylor University campus by the tennis courts. The first time I saw her, I was being a servant in the summer, trying to help girls move into the dorm. And I was be a sophomore, she would be a, a freshman, and I thought, you know, the Lord led me to go lead and serve. And it turns out you meet a lot of girls that way too, but uh, that was not why I was there. Um, remember when I saw her, saw her throughout my time at Baylor. I dated other people, she dated other people, came back around, saw her again. She had been through some tremendous heartache. When I met her, she had a cast from literally her hip all the way down to her ankle, an accident she had been in. And I was in a better place. She was in a better place. My roommate spotted her about the same time. And he said, I'm thinking about asking Rebecca out. And I said to him, finally, after a few days, I said, look, you got one week. And I said, if you're going to ask her out, you need to ask her out. Because if you're not, I am. I gave him a week, called her, we went out. Now you say, well, wow, it just sounds like it was just this easy, blissful thing. Her story would be longer and worse than mine for sure because I was a mess when I met her. But if you boil all of that process down, I was not able to choose her by heart until I realized that God had chosen me by heart and that I had to make a decision to choose him by heart, that I had to let him love me And I had to love him in return. I then had to find a way to say, okay, God, if you love me, I can love me. Then and only then are you in a position to love another person. If you don't let God love you, you have no love from God or for God. You have no love for yourself. So what do we say? people? Most people are going around loving their neighbor the way they love themselves, which is not very much. So until this was working... And this was working personally. What I have with Rebecca would never have worked and did not work. And when that finally got up and running, I was able to see, you say, well, were you attracted to her? Let me just put this as calmly as I can, absolutely, right? And I'm still chasing her to this day. And that may be one of her reliefs of getting to heaven that maybe there will be no chasing in heaven. So I love my wife by heart. Now, what does that also mean? That means that my heart got pulled in with her. But what did my heart get pulled into? Her heart. So the danger for a lot of people is you meet someone and you see something. You feel something. You think, well, it's love. A lot of love that's being called love is nothing but physical lust, and I want you for my purposes, I don't want to give you me for your purposes. And you pick someone because they're hot, you pick someone because they got money, you pick someone for all the wrong reasons. If you do not guard your heart, it's your heart that all the issues of life and the relationships of life come out of. And if you're not careful and you don't guard your heart, you will not pick a person who's guarded their heart. And I cannot begin to explain to you This woman knows me, I would say, next to God, better than anybody else. And that can be very terrifying, very vulnerable, very exposing, the good stuff and the bad stuff, and yet she loves me anyway. So just almost parenthetically here a little bit, you better pick someone by heart or you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Pick him, realize he picked you. And then accept yourself and then find someone that you can love as you love yourself. And it is extraordinary. Marriage, when it's working, is a little bit of heaven. When it's not, and you pick poorly, it can be a whole lot of hell. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But even if you're married, your marriage or relationship is in trouble, go back this way and say, Lord, is it me? Stop wagging fingers. Lift your hands and say, Lord, help me. Help me be the man, the woman, the husband, the wife, the whatever I need to be, so that then I can in turn be what I'm supposed to be, not be just grabbing and saying, I have some crazy expectation. It's you. It's your problem. You've got to fix something. All right, Jeremiah 29, 13. Turn there. Jeremiah 20, 13. Love this verse. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You say, well, I am seeking for God. I'm trying to find God. And I say this as carefully as I can to even people that I meet with. People say, I want what God wants for my life. And I gently say, you know what? I'm not sure that's really true. Because if that's what you really wanted that's what you'd really go after. And how would you go after it? If you're going to find him, you find him by heart. You seek for him and you find him when you search for him with all of your heart. That means everything. I got engaged on a Valentine's day and my wife and I were not dating at the time. If you'd like to hear that story later, she had a date with one gentleman on Friday night. She had a date with another gentleman on a Saturday night. She had a date with me on Valentine's night. How I talked to her in that, I don't know. And she had a date that got canceled on Monday night. Well, she let him know that she was engaged, but that was kind of her. You say, well, what happened? I was a mess. We'd break up, get back together, break up, get back together. And then I finally realized, this is it. She's the one. Somewhere inside of me, and I used to get really irritated with my mom. I would say, Mom, how do I know when I meet the right one? And what do they tell you? When you know, you know. I'm like, Mom, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, what does that mean? And then one day you wake up and you know that you know. Now, what did I do? I got a ring. I asked her out. We weren't even dating because it was fish and cut bait time. So what did I do? I got on a knee. She had me down there for 30 minutes, and I begged and pleaded. And uh, I think she would have said yes earlier. She just liked me down on my knees that long. And finally, she said yes. And you say, well, wow, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. When you want something, you go after it with your whole heart. You don't dilly-dally. You don't say, I'm going to go over here and check this out. So when someone is truly chasing God, you're after God. And as it's described here, you will seek me and find me. You say you're looking for me, you will seek me and you will find me. But only when you search for me with all of your heart. You can't go at it halfway. It's all or nothing, and this is why a lot of men, some women never get married or don't stay married. They cannot give their heart to someone. And a little bit parenthetically here, I would be, and we had a men's call recently, and this was brought up again. Find someone who loves Jesus more than they love you and you'll be okay. I knew when I married Rebecca that she loved Jesus more than she loved me. You say, well, my husband's my life. My wife is my life. My kids are my life. You better not make anybody but Jesus your life because all those people can die on you. All those people can disappoint. But as the song said earlier, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. Would I die for my wife? Absolutely. Would she die for me? Yes. I'm speaking for you there, sweetie, but yeah. Yes. But someone died for me that changed my life and our marriage, our lives, and that's the one you need to love. So find someone by heart who loves him more than they love you, and you got a shot. You got a shot at making it. Now go to Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight, and this is the story in one of the gospels here about a sower. Verse five, a sower went out to sow his seed, and so some fell on good ground, all these different types of soils and ground, And if you go down to, uh, let's just jump in at verse 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. This is not what's supposed to happen. And what gets in the way in this category? Cares, riches, pleasures of life bring forth no fruit to maturity. Verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground... So the seed that took and did what it was supposed to, the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So when you hear the gospel, when the word of God is planted in your life, in your heart, and you have this kind of heart, a noble and good heart, then you keep that word and bear fruit with patience. So again, this is not hard to find. If you just walk around, listen to people talk, you can tell where they're coming from, and then say, is their life bearing fruit? That's not hard to come by. You just ask their friends, follow them around, see who they talk to, how it goes. Has anybody been led to Christ? Are they praying with people? Are they bearing any fruit? Is anything coming from it, or is it just all in their head, they got their ticket, and they're out? Then look at Luke 12, 23, and this is actually a little... A lot of people misinterpret what this says. Luke twelve thirty three says, Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourself money bags, which you not grow old? A treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. And then verse 34, this statement. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now you say, well, then it's by heart. In this case, it's really not by heart. It's by treasure. You say, what do you mean? If you want to know where someone's heart is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. You say, well, no, I really have a heart to give. That's not what determines this. So now it gets tangible. If you want your heart to be in the right place, you have to put your treasures in the right place. I may not end up with a ton on this side. I'm not trying to do that. You say, well, I'm trying to leave money for my kids and grandkids, or scriptures in the proverbs about, you know, leaving something for your grandkids. Okay. But if you left more to them than you've got on the other side, something has gone terribly wrong. So read it again. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you live by treasure and figure that out, then your heart is going to end up in the right place, and your concerns and what you're trying to do push it forward. To the other side, make your deposits on the other side, not here where moth and rust or thieves can break in and steal, as the scripture talks about. So where is your treasure? That's where your heart is. And I know people who are greedy, grabby, just holding on to everything they've got. And then I see people, I have friends, acquaintances, people I come across. They cannot give it away fast enough. And they give it away and they keep serving and working and doing their business, whatever it is. And God, out of nowhere, will bless them. You say, well, why is God blessing them? Because they're blessing him right? They're doing the right thing and their heart is with him. Their heart is there. And they know that while they're here, there's a purpose for that, but they know that where their treasure is, that's where their heart will be. They want their heart to be there with him, not stuck here because they know they're not going to be here forever. And a man told me this decades ago, you cannot outgive the Lord. It's not possible. You put that seed in the ground, it multiplies. Now, there are people that will tell you, send money to me and God's going to make you rich. Your motivation is not, now, now listen close. If you are operating in that sowing and reaping area, you say, well, there's a principle there. It is not about being rich on this side. It's about being rich on that side. You say, but I'm getting rich monetarily. What are you doing with those riches? If you're not putting them in the ground somewhere to multiply and deposit on the other side, it's not going to work out for you. You say, oh, I'm going to die rich. Where? Where are you going to be rich? I am trying everything I can to end up rich on the other side. And you say, well, then what are you going to be on? rich on the other side? What's the point? Whatever I end up with, when the singing starts i would love to have as much as possible when i bow to cast at his feet and say thank you because none of this was possible without you my treasure was in heaven that's why my heart is where it is and where it will end up with him ephesians chapter 5 read this with me and i'm telling you before i even read you this again these are not difficult verses these are impossible verses ephesians five twenty-five says this husbands Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So what is my instruction? The kind of love by heart that I'm supposed to have for my wife is a love in the same way that Christ loved the church and literally gave himself. Not just died, but gave his life, his only life, his very life for his bride, the church. And I say this at weddings, you show me a man who loves a woman like that, and I'll show you a woman, if you read the verses before that, the three verses before, I'll show you a woman who has very little trouble submitting to that kind of man. Because if you find a man who loves you the way Christ loved the church and was willing to give himself for her, then you're going to be okay. So how hard is it to be that kind of man? It is impossible. Why is it so impossible? Because I was born selfish, selfish. You get saved you get spiritual at least one spiritual gift when you're born physically you get as a man you get at least one gift and for me it was selfishness what about me why are you not taking care of me what about me and god says you know what it's not about you it's about her but you can't figure that out till you figure this out right so if it's not working vertically With your father in that relationship, and you don't know the price that he paid in the context of this, that I am asked to love her the way he has loved me. And so it can be done because he did it, and if I get out of the way and let him do it, then it benefits me, it benefits her, and it goes the way it's supposed to. And if you'd like to go read the rest of that, well, let's read it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. Now, why would he use that? Because most men love their own bodies more than about anything. Some are filling them up more than others. Some are working them out more than others. But it's amazing. You catch even, well, there's just not many men that avoid mirrors. It's not just women. It's men. So he says, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You say, well, what does that mean? When you get married, you become one. When you love her, you're loving yourself. And people sometimes argue the whole, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and then your neighbor is yourself. What do you think he just said there? Let each of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself. Now, this is not the selfish kind of love I was just describing. You say, well, men are selfish. This kind of love is not selfish, but a healthy kind of acceptance of yourself where you know again, God loves me, I can love God. If God can love me and I can love him, there's gotta be enough left over for me to love me. And if I can love me, then I can go with a full tank to someone else and say, I love you. And I'm not trying to suck the life out of them in order to get life for myself. I'm getting it vertically, it's built up, the batteries are charged internally, and now I have overflow for someone else. So now I am in a healthy way doing what? Loving someone, loving my wife, in particular, so love his own wife as himself. I cannot love her without loving me, so why would I mistreat her when I'm ultimately mistreating me when I do that? I take care of her, I am really take care of me. Richard will be back
0: in a moment to wrap up today's talk. But first, I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Let's be honest. Real life isn't about living some highlight reel for others to see. Most people have deep hurts, questions, and struggles. Well, we get it, and we want to help you in any way we can. So let's keep this conversation going. You can give us a call anytime at 855-6-RICHARD or connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. You can even put in your prayer request right there on the prayer wall. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or online at richardellistalks.com.
1: And now let's get back to Richard with a final word on today's show. So how does Christ love the church? By heart. How did He come after us? By heart. And one of the no-brainers on this is John three sixteen, which oddly enough, everybody used to know. And it says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You say, well, how much did God love me? Enough to let his own kid die for you, his son die for you, his only son die for you. How do you get saved? By art?" And this is how easy it is, this is how simple it is. You say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and you know that better than I even know it. Because you know what I've done, but you know the stuff I don't even remember that I've done. But I am a big capital S sinner, and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and raised from the dead to pay for my sin. And he was raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I accept the forgiveness of my sins. I ask you to come live in me and through me and fill me and help me understand the relationship that I can have with you vertically, internally, with myself and then with other people and get on with the life that you intended. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being patient, for being kind and merciful and that I'm still alive to make this decision. And I ask you to take my life and use it. Make me the man or the woman that I'm supposed to be, the husband, the wife possibly, the father, the mom that I'm supposed to be, the brother, the sister, the friend, the family member and the family of God that you intend for me to be but let it originate by heart from the inside out. Thanks for tuning in today
0: to Richard Ellis Talks. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. One last thing, Richard Ellis Talks is a daily program but also has daily costs. And being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. Maybe you've given to this ministry before or have waited for the right time. Well, we believe that these talks with Richard are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD or at our website, richardellistalks.com. Thank you for your very generous gifts. It truly means so much to us. God bless and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.